Welcome to Win Championship Repeat, Boston Sports Podcast, and we're going to be looking at the Red Sox and the All-Star Game. We're also going to be looking at the Celtics and how Milwaukee's championship affects the Celtics' uh, plans for the offseason, how the Celtics should go uh, forward, whether they should kind of go for an all-out championship rush or get a team built around veterans and good role players. And we'll look at all of that and see what uh, they do. So uh, let's uh, get started with that. So the Red Sox had five players who made the All-Star team. They had two starters in Raphael Devers, and they also had Xander Bogarts, uh, both of which were pretty solid um, players this season and well-deserving of being All-Stars. They had backup designated hitter slash outfielder uh, J.D. Martinez, who had a very good season. They also had two pitchers, starting pitcher Nathan Uvalde. They also had um, relief pitcher closer Matt Barnes, who was um, obviously one of the better players in um, Major League Baseball for the closer position. Their team was very good. They had a ton of success um, going up to uh, going up to this point. Um, if you look at where they are, they're in um, first place. They are a game ahead of Tampa Bay, and it's really Tampa Bay and Boston who are back and forth because the Yankees and the Blue Jays are both seven games back of the Red Sox, so there's no uh, fight between those teams. It's just the Red Sox and Tampa Bay. The Red Sox just um, are a lot better at this point um, when it comes to their uh, season, and so things looked... uh, Looked very good, you know. When you look at, um, you know, the All Star Game, the best players are available, and you know the you know American League ended up winning, and um, you know uh, it was one of those situations where their guys just played great and things looked good, and you know their team uh, has been successful, and you know having five All Stars is a good situation for their team. They ended up playing against the Yankees in a series which they won a game and they lost two of them. And then they just played the Blue Jays and they ended up winning the most recent one. And so, yeah, their team is just, it just looks great. And if you look at sort of their roster and kind of how the guys are going, Nathan Uvalde is the uh, lone starting pitcher, all-star, 9-5 record, 3.57 ERA, 106 Ks, in a WHIP of 1.20. He is um, tied for 8th place win-loss record. So there's that. Looking at Matt Barnes, who is their closer, who has a 19 saves, which is tied for 8th place, 2.61 ERA, 63 Ks, and a WHIP of 0.89. So not too bad. Um, they're you know, number one starter, or um, I guess you could say number two, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, seven and five record, five point nineteen ERA, one hundred and twelve Ks, and a one point three three WHIP. So um, there is that one. Um, if you look at the starters in the lineup, Rafael Devers is obviously their uh, All Star. He's point two seven nine average, twenty three home runs, which is tied for eighth place. 73 RBIs, which is tied fourth place, and a OPS on, uh, I think that's on base percentage, which is .916, which is 11th in 
Baseball, we have Xander Bogarts at shortstop, who has a .316 average, which is 6th. 15 home runs, uh, 51 RBIs, and a .920 OPS, which is 10th in baseball. Then they have Enrique Hernandez, who came over from the Dodgers, who is a .237 average, 13 home runs, 33 RBIs, and a .765 OPS. So he can basically play anywhere, shortstop, third base, second base is where he's at now, play the outfield, um, and that's kind of, he can do it all in that sense. They got Alex Verdugo, who he's um, .270 average, 9 home runs, 36 uh, RBIs, and .753 OPS. Um, he's been a pretty good outfielder for them. And then their DH, which is J.D. Martinez, .305, 19 home runs, 63 RBIs. So they look pretty good. Now the question I have is we're getting close to the trade deadline. Do the Red Sox add pieces? Or do they keep what they have? Because the Red Sox have slowly been adding pieces to make a pretty solid farm system. Their farm system's been getting better and better with um, Cheryl Bloom in the hold. Obviously, when you had, you know, their uh, Dave Dombrowski, he is trade players, get superstars, move on. They did that. They got Uvalde. They got Chris Sale. They went out big and didn't really pan out as well. They did get a championship, but their core of you know prospects was depleted and they're getting better at kind of adding in you know prospects here and there obviously getting rid of Mookie Betts hurt but they brought in a very good Alex Verdugo they also have uh, Jeter Downs and Connor Wong who's a catcher prospect who could be the potential starting catcher at some point you know they have some players in um, Bobby Delbeck and Michael Chavez who are pretty good prospects who are kind of making their way up as uh, potential long-term starters. Bobby Dalback, eh, not the greatest. .216 average, 10 home runs, 36 RBIs, .659 OPS. Michael Chavis um, is not doing good at all. .197 average, 1 home run, 4 RBIs. Um, regular season, he only played 23 games. Um, so he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes and a ton of games played, but not a bad uh, player long-term, hopefully. Uh, this season's not his greatest, but maybe he gets moved for maybe another veteran. Maybe they bring in another reliever. I don't know what they're going to do. But the Red Sox have been playing great baseball, and things are hopefully going to stick. And they just brought up um, Jared Duran from the minors. Uh, Christian Arroyo is uh, I believe on the disabled list as well as Marwin Gonzalez so now they moved Henrique Hernandez to second base and Jared Duran is their um, guy who will um, make his way up uh, and play center field and it's a lot different of a group you know they used to have Andrew Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr. and um, Mookie Betts now they have um, Hunter Renfro Alex Verdugo and Jared Duran. Hunter Renfro, .260 average, 14 home runs, 52 RBIs, .773 OPS. Not the worst player in the world. Um, and actually had a pretty solid game. His last one, one home run, four RBIs. And, you know, not, not awful. So Red Sox are looking pretty good. Things are going in the right direction.
Now to the Boston Celtics. So, the Boston Celtics, here we are. Their team just lost in the playoffs to the Brooklyn Nets. They added in Ida Udoka. They got rid of Kemba for Al Horford. And when you watch what Milwaukee's done, and specifically how they took this team to the next level, adding in good role players and adding in superstars to go along with their team, they got it done when they needed to, and they had a good team surrounding them. You saw super teams like the Brooklyn Nets just not get as far. So we are at sort of a crossroads for the Boston Celtics. They're in a situation where they can have enough potential cap space in 2022 to go after a big-name free agent. They have two superstars in Tatum and Brown. They have a good group of young players who are inexperienced and could be, you know, very good role players or could be busts. So the Celtics have a few options here. Now, I think this offseason, you know, there's a few things they're going to have to do. Potentially get rid of a center, which probably will be Tristan Thompson. Making the move to add another point guard into the mix. Potentially re-signing Evan Fournier. Going out there and maybe extending Marcus Smart's contract and giving him more years. And so the Celtics have a bunch of options there that they're going to have to look at. And does it make sense for the Celtics to take this Brooklyn Nets approach where they go out and they try and get a Damian Lillard and try and get another superstar? Or they try and get a bunch of role players like Milwaukee and have Tatum and have Brown and have Marcus Smart and have a bunch of role players who are much better. Their draft picks haven't panned out. Danny Ainge hasn't done too well with draft picks besides Tatum and Brown. But Pritchard looks like an average point guard, and I think his ceiling, to me, is the backup. Romeo Langford and Aaron Nesmith are both average. I think Nesmith has a bigger ceiling. Maybe someday he becomes the starting small forward as sort of your five in the lineup, your fifth best player. Romeo Langford, I think, is going to be a bust when it's all said and done. Grant Williams has kind of failed miserably so far. But, you know, these guys could still have value, and if teams are interested in adding them in, you could potentially see a trade take place. I think Brad Stevens is not as timid with his trades, and he's definitely... Just with the Kemba trade, it looks like he's open to dealing whatever is needed in order to kind of um, make things work. And so is that going to correlate to the Celtics moving on from Jalen Brown? A lot of Celtics fans don't want to see Jalen Brown move, but will Brad Stevens do something Danny Ainge hasn't? Danny Ainge had options. He could have traded Jalen Brown. He didn't. Will Brad Stevens take that approach, or will he say, look, we have Tatum who's probably one of the top three or four small forwards in the NBA. He's a legitimate star. Jalen Brown's an all-star and has a lot of value. But would the Celtics make more sense with, you know, Damian Lillard in there or Bradley Beal in there and Jason Tatum? Or would they make more sense with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and a bunch of role players uh, surrounding them? To me, the best move to make, and this is just my opinion, which I don't know if all Celtics fans feel this way or not, is keeping this cap space flexibility open long-term, and then in 2022 free agency signing Bradley Beal outright with Tatum and with Brown, and having Robert Williams and having Moses Brown, and most likely 
keeping, you know, Grant Williams and Aaron Nesmith and Peyton Pritchard around uh, and then potentially flipping Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard or any of these young guys for veterans. So that would be my ideal situation. So going into this offseason, not really adding any players long-term and just adding in role players for this season, kind of maybe using the mid-level exception, maybe re-sign Fournier to a one-year deal, maybe add someone with that trade exception from Gordon Hayward, which is about $11 million guaranteed um, that they can use. Um, maybe they use one of their other trade exceptions to add sort of a back-of-the-bench piece, you know, and I think that's kind of what they do or they should do and then kind of maybe adding in some other role players to kind of fill in the cracks and using the 45th pick on you know a role player or maybe a draft and stash guy who could have a role player future in Boston you know I think they have um, some good pieces but I don't think they should go all out and kind of sign players long term and keep you know Evan Fournier around long term or go and extend Marcus Smart, you know, I think potentially um, they should even look at trading Marcus Smart if it means getting in a lottery pick or it means getting in another point guard who's a better fit long term. I mean, this is a deep draft and if there's a team out there, for example, the New Orleans Pelicans who are like, we're willing to trade the 10th pick for Marcus Smart, we can give you some other stuff. Maybe the Celtics kind of take a look and see if they can do something there. I mean, Marcus Smart's a great player, but I think he's kind of one-dimensional. He's a good defensive point guard, and he's not really the greatest offensively. And maybe the Celtics need someone who is a little bit better on offense, um, so potentially maybe they move on from Marcus Smart. I think Celtics fans get too attached to these players, and a lot of these guys, you know, I think Brad Stevens might have to consider moving. And so... Do the Boston Celtics take this Milwaukee approach, potentially, and have a bunch of role players and have three very good players in Tatum, Brown, and Bradley Beal in the future? That's, I think, what they do. Do I think they trade away Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard and, you know, kick the tires on, you know, other role players? Probably not. I think Damian Lillard's going somewhere else. I think he actually prefers the um, 76ers as his number one choice, which I don't know if he'll actually get traded, but, you know, I think the Celtics should keep Jalen Brown, and if they can get Bradley Beal in that process, go ahead. I don't think there's a way the Celtics can get both Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. I mean, if you get rid of Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Al Horford, Tristan Thompson, you know, there's that option, which if you look at the Boston Celtics salary situation and where they're at let's just look at next season which is 2021-2022 if they don't sign Evan Fournier and re-sign him they'll be at 124 million in guaranteed money and if you go to 2022-2023 which is that offseason they are without um, adding in Smart and Tristan Thompson 86 million in guaranteed money which means that you have Jalen Brown in there, you have Al Horford with $26 million guaranteed, and then you have a bunch of other smaller contracts. So I guess in theory, if you really wanted to, you could trade Jalen Brown 
and Al Horford to Portland for Damian Lillard. And then you could sign with open cap space, you know, Bradley Beal and have Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, and Bradley Beal, which would be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Plus, you'd have probably Robert Williams and some other role players. And I think you could easily find some sort of wing or power forward to fill in that final spot on the starting lineup, whether that be Aaron Nesmith, whether that be Grant Williams, whether that be some sort of veteran or a draft choice if they still have draft picks. So maybe in theory they could go out there and potentially add in someone else um, with Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum, but I don't know if that's actually going to happen. So um, I think... um, most likely, Bradley Beal comes in in free agency, and then we see, um, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, etc., and they go um, in that direction. So that's uh, their situation right there. Then we're going to look at the New England Patriots, and we are going to be looking at some of the potential situations they have moving forward. So, a couple of things. Number one. We have Nikhil Harry, who has formally said he wants to leave New England and wants to get traded. He is someone who definitely is, you know, in need of a new situation. He feels like he's not playing his best, and Patriots haven't done well with him, which I think they should move on from him, maybe bring in another draft pick, maybe try to get another wide receiver in there. I think getting rid of Nikhil Harry opens up roster spots for a potential uh, you know, NBA cut player who got cut by their team and the Patriots go out there and sign that player. And so there's that. Then, um, also potentially on the market is Sony Michelle. Now I was reading an article about, uh, the Patriots should try and trade Nick, uh, trade Sony Michelle to the Rams because they just lost Cam Akers as a season-ending injury, now um, they need a running back, so maybe the Patriots throw Sony Michelle at the uh, Rams, and the Rams end up adding in um, another player um, who can be a running back, and the Patriots don't really need him because they have Damian Harris, J.J. Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, and James White. So those are four running backs who all bring different things to the Patriots, and if they were planning on just getting rid of Sony Michelle anyways, adding in a fifth or sixth round pick um, could be what they need to do, or even trading their own fifth round pick and getting a fourth round pick back in return, or doing something where they add in some sort of, you know, a bench piece, adding, you know, a player from the Rams that maybe they don't need and the Patriots could have uh, a use for, so... We could see Nikhil Harry and Sony Michelle, both former first-round picks, both didn't really pan out too well, actually going to new teams this offseason, because I don't think either of their jobs are safe. I mean, the Patriots added in two new wide receivers in free agency, and we also saw uh, the Patriots add in Ramondre Stevenson, and also the fact that the Patriots have um, two tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, who are supposed to be sort of that two tight end system, you're going to have one less wide receiver in the lineup. So potentially the Patriots go with that group. 
of two tight ends, a running back, and some wide receivers, and maybe they don't need to kill Harry and Sony Michelle, which um, I think is probably where they'll go with this one. And my best guess is that they end up um, getting rid of both of these guys. I think Nikhil Harry will eventually get traded because, you know, I think there's a market for him. I don't know about Sony Michelle, though. There is a chance that, um, you know, things end up, uh, you know, going a little bit differently for him. And he ends up, you know, getting just released if no one's interested. And so, I think Bill Belichick has a lot of decisions to make with the running back spot. At the quarterback spot, there is also Jared Stidham. And do they keep him? Do they let him go? Do they let him walk? Do they trade him? I think they would be pretty stupid, in my opinion, to keep Jared Stidham around long term. I think getting rid of him makes the most sense if he has a market. Because, look, you have Cam Newton... You have Mac Jones. You have Brian Hoyer. Cam Newton's your starter. Mac Jones is your future. Brian Hoyer is basically there as assurance and more importantly just to help, you know, Mac Jones along on this process. He knows the system. He knows how to play. And so teaching Mac Jones as sort of the third string quarterback, teaching the second string quarterback, that's what you need, right? Mac Jones is going to have a lot of time with Bill Belichick, a lot of time with Josh McDaniels working together, making, you know, things work. I mean, for Cam Newton, this season is strictly a rebound and strictly showing every other team out there that he can play. Because after this season, Cam Newton's done. He's not playing in New England. He signed a one-year contract. He's really just playing his best bat, uh, football and starting for the Patriots so he can eventually get a new job somewhere else because Mac Jones is their future. Mac Jones was the 15th pick. Mac Jones is going to be the next quarterback of the Patriots and hopefully he will be a star on the Patriots. So Cam Newton is just kind of here for a year. He's going to kind of hopefully get a good season and then go somewhere else. And so Jared Stidham just doesn't fit. And if the Patriots can trade him to a quarterback needy team, then it makes a ton of sense to them for them to do it and to move on from Jared Stidham and to get in a draft pick or to get in some sort of running back or get in some sort of special teams player or another defensive player who knows what they're going to do right they have Stefan Gilmore who can be a free agent next year they have JC Jackson who could be a free agent next year and so maybe those two guys get moved maybe they bring in a younger cornerback I don't know what they're going to do and there is a chance that you know they go out there and make a bunch of different moves and Maybe they end up, you know, adding in some nice role players to help their team. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but if you look at Nikhil Harry, he seems like he's the one that could potentially, um, he could potentially get uh, moved because he doesn't want to be there. So I was actually reading an article that came out um, recently and talked about how Nikhil Harry traded could be a similar situation to the Akeem Hicks trade from a few years ago with the Saints where the Patriots received Akeem Hicks and the Saints received tight end Michael Hunamanawuni. Um, so maybe the Patriots get someone who can be there for a year and could be sort of a 
long-term piece or short-term piece um, and they could do a player for player swap um, if that's kind of where they want to go I mean it's uh, a trade that worked out because Vince Vil Wilfork left and so they needed another you know player to fill in and um, there is a chance that they tried to kill Harry and get someone who can fill in for a year kind of have a redemption season with the Patriots and then move on somewhere else and get a bigger contract so I think training camp is going to be big for the Patriots because it's going to show us who's stepping up and who's going to be kind of uh, on the outs and so Patriots have a lot of question marks and they have a lot of issues that they have to get addressed and so it's going to be an interesting uh, training camp and I can't wait to see how it all turns out so that's where the Patriots go Hopefully, Nikhil Harry gets what he wants, and hopefully the Patriots get something out of this as well.